Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a Garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Good morning, everyone. It's nice to be with you this morning. We thank you that you came and and are a part of our talk show this morning. I want to give the number out. It's 888-463-6748. And you may call in today anytime you want to. That's 888-463-6748. We're starting a new quarter, and we're going to be talking today about spiritual warfare. We are in a battle, and we're in a battle that we can win. That's the nice thing about, you know, looking ahead of time and checking things out and knowing that, yes, we're in a battle. It's a tremendous battle, but it's a battle that we can come out on top with. That's the kind of battles we need, isn't it, if we're going to have one. And when we become one of God's children, we're automatically thrown into a battle. There's no getting around it. The Bible tells us that all the people who live in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Persecution can take on a number of different things, everywhere from uh, cutting us up in little pieces to just acting like we don't know what we're doing and what we're saying and and just ignoring us. So we are in a battle. But we need to not be afraid. We need to not be frustrated. We need to just stand in there and fight. So today I'm going to give you some things that will help you to do that. I'm going to start out by showing you the battle that we're in. And I'm using my book, God's Operation Manual for Spiritual Warfare, for some of the things that I'll be talking to you today and helping you to prepare for the battle if you haven't done that yet. Uh, some people don't even realize they're in a battle. They, they think, uh, well, things are like they are and we never have any problems, and when you become a Christian, everything goes right, and and uh, everything is roses and joy and peace and all of this. And and our program is rivers of living water, and there are uh, plenty of love, joy, and peace and things like that in Christ our Lord, and and we know that, and we can be assured of that. But in the midst of all that, there are battles that we have to fight. And so, what are the battles? It's either serving God or not serving God. It's either going God's way or not going God's way. That's basically what the battle is. And when we choose to go God's way, then there's an enemy out there that's going to try to beat us up, beat us down, drive us away from what we're determined to do. 
Uh, I have in my operation manual, I have a general repentance. And the first thing we need to do when we take this battle to heart is to make sure that we're on God's side. So why should we repent today? I'll just give you a few of them. The good news, the good laws of God are forsaken, of the Lord are forsaken. This is within a nation, national setting. Evil men and women triumph over the good. Lawlessness is ruling supreme in the land. Judges are the number one law breakers. They try to make the laws rather than keep the laws. Good is called evil and evil is called good. Wicked foreign laws are used in our Supreme Court. Our constitutional rights are transgressed. Spiritual leaders join the enemy. Have a number of these. Our enemies have making, they've made, uh, or they've taken over our schools. Our media becomes a propaganda ring. Our nation has forsaken God and the rules of our fathers. And godless evolution takes the place of special creation. Innocent blood is shed in our abortion clinics. This is just part of them. I have quite a list. And I'm not going to go through the whole list today, but... If you would like to see the rest of them, you can buy the book. And it's just $8, and it'd be well worth your money. But I'm not here just to sell my book today. I'm here really to help you in this battle. I think you can see from just a few things that I have read that we are definitely in a battle. And then the other thing about if it turns to our nation where tyrants are the ones that are ruling our nation. The Bible asks us, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, this is what we're going to show you today, what the righteous can do. And there's a lot we can do. There's a lot we need to do. Not only for our own benefit, but also for the benefit of our children, our grandchildren, and so we need to be equipped. We need to be ready. We need to do it. We just can't expect someone else to do it for us. We've got to do it ourselves. we just got to make up our minds that that's what we're going to do. So the first thing when we see something like this is to turn to God, to be willing to sacrifice for the Lord, be willing to let our ideas maybe go alongside sometimes and take we all the time we need to take God first. So this is what we can think of when we think about a battle that we're in. I have before me Luke 
chapter 9, and it starts at verse 23, and it's Jesus talking, and Jesus is telling us that we need to deny ourselves, we need to take up our cross, and we need to follow him. So we deny ourselves, we take up our cross, and we follow him. And we do this on a daily basis. He tells us if we save our lives, we lose it. And if we lose our lives, we get it. We, we save it. Now, it seems like a real paradox, doesn't it? How can we lose our lives and then pick it up and, and save it? If we try to do things in our own selfish way, we'll just dig ourselves deeper and deeper in and we'll lose everything we've got. But if we'll turn everything over to God and let him have his way, then God will give us more than what we can ever think about. So we actually gain our life by losing our life of selfishness and pride and all these kind of things. And then we take on a life of love and joy and peace, all that fruit of the Spirit, that rivers of living water that I'm telling you about. The Lord tells us in this same scripture that if we are ashamed of him, he'll be ashamed of us. And we need to have God on our side. And, you know, Abraham Lincoln once said, I'm not so concerned as to whether I'm on God's side. I'm concerned as to whether God is on my side. And if God is for us, the Bible teaches us, then what can be against us? Who can be against us? One person plus God is a majority in any battle. And when we have the Lord, we can be assured of victory. We can be assured of victory every time. We don't have to hit and miss. It's a sure thing if we will just realize that we are in a battle, realize that God is able to do more than we can even ask or think, and are willing to take the steps necessary to get into the battle and do God's work in God's way. To take that which God wants us to do. I also have some thing, other things in my book that might be helpful to us. First of all, I talked about repenting of a rebellion against God. Now, inside of everyone at birth, there is a rebellion there against God. It's called the old carnal spirit. And that are the spirit of the flesh. And that thing wars against God. Just naturally does. It's a natural thing. But there comes a place in our lives where we have to turn from that. That's what repentance is. It's turning away from that life that we're living outside of God's love and grace because we're fighting against God and we take up our cross. We are willing to sacrifice ourselves, like Jesus said, and then we go forward for the Lord rather than for ourselves. The next thing we need to do is return to the faith of our fathers. Our constitution in our nation, you may be talk, listening to me from another nation today, but our, our nation is based upon the Declaration of Independence. And we're just a couple of days from celebrating that on, Janu- on July the 4th. And 
So I think this is appropriate for what we're at at this time. But our founding fathers based everything upon God's word. You look at at the Declaration of Independence, and it says that we have certain unalienable rights given to us by God cannot be taken away from us except by God. So we have these, and we need to return to those, and that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about faith of our fathers. And then the next thing we need to do is renew our commitment to God and to His righteousness. God tells us if we will... uh, I'm going to have to... I notice that we're up on a break here, so I'm going to have to take a break, and we'll go... To that afterwards, you just pick up where we're leaving off here. So I'm Howard Eugene Wright, and you're listening to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Now, more Rivers of on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. Thanks for staying with us. We're talking about today's spiritual warfare, and I'm giving you some things that will be helpful to you in that fight that we're having. I talked about repenting of, of our rebellion against God, and I talked a little bit about that in the first part. And then talked about the faith of our fathers. We need to go get back to that. If it's not broken, why, why fix it? And it wasn't broken. It, what we had lasted for over 200 years and was doing very well. So there's no reason to try to fix it if it's not broken. And then committing ourselves to God and righteousness. The Bible tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these other things that we are in need of will be added to us by the Lord. And so we need to commit ourselves to God and his righteousness. Then the next thing we need to do is restore what we have taken from ourselves and others. If we do not serve the Lord, then we've taken a lot of stuff from ourselves. We've missed out on a lot of things that we could have. And I'm telling you this from 57 years of experience of being with the Lord. There's just so many things that God does for us that that um, we would never receive on our own. And people can't do it for us. People are limited as to what they can do. And um, even if they could do it, some of them wouldn't do it. And So we need to, the things that we have taken from ourselves, we need to restore those. We need to be restored. And in others, if you have misused or abused or taken things from others, then you need to restore that. This is called restitution. We need to make restitution. You can really tell whether a person is going to serve God or not as to how willing they are to make things right with other people. So this is one thing we need to do. And then refresh yourself in the Lord Jesus Christ's love and grace. 
once you've gotten to that level that I'm talking to you about, of repenting, returning, renewing, restoring, then you can refresh yourself in God's love and grace. Then you're at the place of the rivers of living water that our program is about. You can have this rivers of living water. So once we realize what the problem is, then we need to make some rest, some resolutions. We need to be resolved. It's too easy just to go with the crowd and just to go with the flow. But, you know, in the Bible, uh, we don't do that. And I've heard it said that any dead salmon can float downstream, but it takes a live one to go upstream. And when we're fighting this spiritual warfare, we're going against the current, the present current that we're in today. We're going against that. So we need to make some rest, some resolves. And these resolves are based upon those five things that I told you about. This is also in my book. So what are the resolves? I'm resolved to quit my rebellion against God. And the Bible verses, He that covers his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesses and forsakes them shall find mercy. And that's in Proverbs 28:13. And also, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's 1 John 1, 9. So, resolving, making up our mind, being determined that you're going to quit your rebellion against God. That's the first thing in having spiritual victory, because if you haven't done that, you're you're still on the wrong side of the fence, aren't you? And then the next thing, I'm resolved to return to the faith of my fathers. We need to return to those good laws and those good principles that we had back there at the beginning of our nation. And so the, the scripture for that, and the Lord said unto Jacob, uh, Jacob was um, the part of the Israel nation, return unto the land of your fathers and to your kindred, and I will be with you. Genesis 31.3 So return to the land of your fathers. And we have a, a song that we sang talking about the land of our fathers. And, I, and in another one, I will give them and heart to know me and I am, uh, that I am the Lord and they shall be my people and I will be their God for they shall return unto me with their whole heart. And that's Jeremiah 24, 7. So we need to turn, return to the Lord with our whole heart, not just half-heartedly or when problems come. I've, I've seen this happen over and over again when, you know, when the problems come, like 9-11, everyone wants to go to church, everyone wants to worship the Lord. When the problem's over, they forget about it. We can't do that. We have to be resolved that we're going to the faith of our fathers regardless of what it cost us. Then the next thing, 
I am resolved to renew my commitment to God and his righteousness. And the scripture for that, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So we're praying, we're asking God to create a, a right spirit and a right heart. And then the other one, another scripture, that by the way, that's Psalm 51, verse 10. And then it says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. And they shall walk and not faint. So when we determine that we're going to go God's way and do His will, then God gives us the strength to go through anything. The Bible teaches us that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord to them who are the called according to his purpose. So we need to be resolved in that. We need to make up our mind. We need to get our whole heart into it. And then the next thing I have is I'm resolved to restore that which I have taken from myself and others. And the scripture for that, Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your free spirit. So we're asking God to restore what has been taken. The Bible talks about the locust eating what we have. And then it also says that he will restore what the locusts have eaten. And so we need to restore. We need to be resolved that we're going to go God's way regardless. And then the, the next thing, I am resolved to refresh myself in the Lord. David said that he would refresh himself in the Lord. That, And the Bible teaches us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So here we are, we're, we have the everything is resolved now. We've made up our mind that we're going to go God's way, not the other way. It makes it a lot easier when we decide that's what we're going to do. If we want to play both sides, it becomes really confusing, really frustrating. And so we can't do that. We've got to we've got to get in there and make up our mind we're going to go God's way regardless. When we do that, then God comes in and gives us the grace and the strength and the help that we need. And it doesn't become a chore. It doesn't become a bore. It becomes a wonderful privilege to walk with God and to feel his love and grace with us every moment of our day. And I want you to know that it is really something wonderful to be in this way with the Lord. And like I said, I know from personal experience. Yesterday, for example, yesterday I was uh, out working on my house and I had forgot that I'd put the hammer, uh, left it on the, the ladder. And when I went to move the ladder, you can see I got a patch on my forehead today and I ripped a place on my forehead for the gravity took over and the hammer came down and and uh, took a place out of my head. And what 
I came in rejoicing. Why? It didn't get my eye. It could have got one of my eyes just as well. But thank the Lord it didn't. And you see what I mean? We can rejoice and it, I could have came in there, uh, bawling and squalling and, and blaming God and, and stomping on the hammer and whatever. And people do that. But why do that? We can be thankful that it wasn't any worse. And I'll heal up. You know, I'll be just fine. Probably by this week, time next week, I'll have the patch off and we'll be doing great. Matter of fact, it looks pretty good today. But, you know, another thing we have, I was in the service. I was in the Air Force. And in the Air Force, we had a, a code of ethics. And what I want to talk to you in the, in the next segment of our uh, talk show is the code of ethics that we need as Christian. So we're coming up on our next break, and I'm Howard Eugene Wright, and you're listening to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Thanks for staying with us. And and it's uh, good to know that there is a way of fighting this spiritual battle and winning it. And we've been talking about some things today that will help you a lot. And um, these are probably different than what you're thinking about. And this next thing I'm talking to you about, this is all coming from my book, uh, the operation, God's Operation for Spiritual Warfare. And uh, I can't cover all of it today, but I am covering the first part of it and showing you what you can do as a, first of all, you know, you got to be on God's side when we talked about that. But a Christian should have a code of ethics, just like we do in the military. We had a code of ethics in the military, and we wasn't supposed to go against those. In fact, we learned them from heart. In our basic training, we had to memorize these, backward, forward, and sideways, because that was what was going to make a difference between us being a good soldier and a bad soldier. In God's army, it's even the same. We need to be good soldiers of the cross. Our weapons are not spiritual, are not carnal weapons. We don't go out and cut people up. We don't go out and and, uh, burn buildings and, and tear down things. That's not the way that we operate. We're nonviolent. We don't go out and and do a lot of things that we see happening today, and a lot of it in the name of the Lord, and that's just not the way that Christians work. We're people of love. We have the love of God shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit, and we have joy and peace and all of these things and that we talk about. And so we're not out to beat people up or beat them down or anything like that. Our thing is to lift people up, lift them up to a higher, higher, a higher level 
show them the better way. So if we're going to do that, we have to be resolved that we're going to stay with God regardless of what happens. It may get pretty rough in our nation and in our world before it's over with. But we can have victory and we can keep victory. And what I mean by victory is we can keep the joy of the Lord in our lives. We can keep loving. We don't have to get bitter. We can get better in God's way. And and we can become more like Jesus every day. We can grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. We can be loving servants of His. And, and if we're going to be loving servants of God, we're going to have to be loving servants of other people. We're not in-growing. We're outgoing. We're reaching out to others with love and kindness and all the fruit of the Spirit, which is the rivers of living water. So what is the code of ethics compared to the military and the Christian? You probably never see this anywhere else in any other book, but I think it's appropriate in the military, it says, I am an American fighter. I am an American fighting in the forces which guard my country and our way of life. I am prepared to give my life in their defense. That's what we had to learn in the military. Now, how does that work in the Christian life? I am a Christian waging spiritual warfare for the good of my world and the Christian way of life. I am prepared to die for God and others for the defense of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can't give any more than your life. So we give our life to the Lord, and if necessary, we'll die for Jesus. There's a lot of people that have done that, and a lot of people are doing it right now. And we're looking for a better world and for a better hope so we can be encouraged that we can, if we have to die for God, we will. So that was the first thing. You know, that was the start in the military, that we were willing to die for our country. There's another country that we need to be willing to die for as well, and that is God's country. Okay, the second one of the military, I will never surrender of my own free will. If in command, I will never surrender the members of my command while they still have the means to resist. So, um, think about this for a while. I'm not going to surrender. And so, the other side, I will never surrender my Christian faith by my own free will. If a leader of Jesus' church, I will never forsake my flock or my people to the enemy as long as we have life and means to resist. Standing up for God is just as important as standing up for our nation. So we're not going to forsake our brothers and sisters in the Lord, and we're going to stay true to God and to His ways. And if we're a leader, if I'm a pastor, 
and I was a pastor for 36 years, you never surrender your people to a lesser thing. Okay, let's go to the next one. Article 3 of this. If I am captured, I will continue to resist by all means available. I will make every effort to escape and to aid others to escape. I will accept neither parole nor special favors from the enemy. And we do have an enemy. It's called, he's called the devil. And there are people who are lined up with the devil and they do his work. But it says here that if I'm captured, if I'm painted in a corner, if it comes to one thing or the other, what am I going to do? Said, if I am persecuted for my Christian faith, I will do all I can to escape. If my fellow Christians are with me, I will make every effort to help them escape. I will never take favors from the enemy of enemies of Jesus to escape discomfort received for the sake of the cross of Christ. So I'm not going to surrender to the point of selling out to the highest bidder. We don't do things like that when we're Christians. We stay right in there and we know that serving the Lord is the best thing in the world. So in in the battle, we've got them to have this code of ethics that we're not going to surrender and make it hard on our brothers and sisters in the Lord. We're going to stay right in there and do God's will. Okay, in Article 4 of this and uh, is this is the military side. If I become a prisoner of war, I will keep faith with my fellow prisoners. I will give no information or take part in any action which might be harmful to my comrades. If I am senior, I will take command. If not, I will obey the lawful orders of those appointed over me and will back them up in every way. So that's what we do in the military. But we're in a battle as far as Christians are concerned too. So what do we do in our Christian life? If I am taken prisoner while waging this war, I will do all in my power to encourage my fellow Christians to keep the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. I will do nothing that will bring harm to my brothers and sisters in the Lord. If I am a spiritual leader, I will take charge of the situation. If not, I will follow the leadership of those God has placed in charge. So we all can't be leaders, can we? So we have to, if our pastor is preaching the word and upholding God and and uh, you end up in thrown in jail for that, and it could come to that, and some of you are, might even 
some of your family, or maybe you have been there yourself, so you know what I'm talking about. Here in America, we've been spared from that for the most part, but we never know when things might change. So we need to let those that are in charge be a comfort and blessing to us at the, if that ever happens to us. Some of you, it probably has, or you might be in danger all the time. Okay, Article 5. When questioned, should I become a prisoner of war, I am required to give name, rank, and service number, and date of birth. I will evade answering further questions to the utmost of my ability. I will make no oral or written statement disloyal to my country and its allies or harmful to their cause. That's what we do in the military. What about Christian warriors? I'm not, I will not give the devil and his people any advantage that will bring a disgrace or harm to the cause of Jesus Christ. I will do all in my power to call my enemies to repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I will not be intimidated by ungodly, wicked people. I will stay faithful to the Lord and my fellow Christians at all costs. So that is what we need to do. Another code of ethics. And the last one in the list is, uh, I'll just go through that before the break. And I I will never forget that I am an American fighting for freedom, responsible for my actions, and dedicated to the principles which make my country free. I will trust in my God and in the United States of America. I think I'll wait until uh, I come to, at the end of the break here, we'll come back to this one. I want to give it a little more time and I'll be able to. So you're listening to Howard Eugene Wright on Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. Let's get back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. I'm glad that you've stayed with us, and I trust that what I'm saying to you will help you in a spiritual battle that's sure to come when we leave God out, and it just naturally we have things start falling apart. And You know, one thing about... Uh, a tyrant, they never take blame for it themselves. It's always the one before them, or they have to find a scapegoat. And that scapegoat could usually is Christians and Jews. At least that's what it's been since Christians have been around and Jews have been around. It's, you know, people that don't fight back. And so 
we need to take these code of ethics before we get involved in the battle so that when the battle comes, we'll already have made up our mind as to what we're going to do, and it makes it a lot easier for us to get that done. So we've been talking and uh, describing between the military code of ethics and the Christian code of ethics, and we've been uh, looking at these and thinking about them and making up our mind that we're going to have a code of ethics. Trouble is, a lot of times there is no ethics. It's just what comes natural. It's what what looks good at the time. We have to make up our mind that we're going. To, there are certain things we're going to do in certain situations, and we're going to have to do them, whether we feel like it or not. We live in a generation that says, if it feels good, we do it. Otherwise, we don't. Well, sometimes in doing the right thing, it may not feel good. It might be very inconvenient. It might even be dangerous. But we've got to do it anyway. So the last one in this uh, article is the, uh, the Code of Ethics is, I will never forget that I'm an American fighting for freedom, responsible for my actions and dedicated to the principles which make my country free. I will trust in my God and in the United States of America. You notice he put God first. Now this is the military that I'm talking about. They put God first, United States second. We always got to put God first and realize that the reason why we're doing this it's not just so it'll be easier for us, so we can have more money in our bank account, we can live a more comfortable life. We've got to do it for the glory of God and for the good of people around about us. So the counterpart of that in the Christian life is this. I will never forget that I am a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ fighting to free our world of ungodliness and rebellion against God. Someday I know I am to give an account to the true and living God for every idle word I have spoken. Thus, without conservation or reservation, I am giving myself to the advancement of God's eternal kingdom throughout the world. I will trust and obey my God and those he has called me to shepherd. It's probably the greatest one of all of them because it brings us back to God again. And everything really is about the Lord Jesus Christ in the Christian life. It's not about us. It's not about anything else. And if it's good for God, if it brings glory to God, if it brings blessing to God, it's going to do the same thing for us. We get what we receive, what we give. It says we reap what we sow. So if we sow love, joy, and peace, and all the fruit of the Spirit, and we get out there and love people and bless people and and are an encouragement to them, and help them with their finances if we can and with their food if we can and all these kind of things that we would 
be able to do. We don't just preach the gospel to them. We do that. That's the number one thing. But we also have to help people with their physical and spiritual, moral needs, you know, everything. God takes care of the whole person, not just not just our spirit. Our spirit leads us to do the rest of things. So we have no conservations. We have no reservations. We just are going to go all out for God regardless of what that means. If we'll do this, if we'll just make up our mind at the beginning, that's what we're going to do. It's going to be such a blessing to us. And not only that, we can turn things around. It doesn't make any difference how bad things are if we will take the lead. And Christians need to take the lead. We have the answer that that the world needs to have today. And that answer is not a thing. It's not a nation. It's not a church. The answer is the Lord Jesus Christ. What he did on the cross for it. How he died for it. How he provided salvation for it. That we can be delivered from our sins and from our rebellion against God. And we can have this wonderful life in Christ that I'm telling you about. This is really what it all amounts to. And when we do this in our communities, we do it in our nation, we, some of us might be missionaries. I've had the privilege of going to Uganda and help starting a Christian work over there and things like that. We just never know what God's going to have us doing. And that's what makes it exciting about really serving the Lord. It, you just never know what's going to happen next, but it always is good. It is always wonderful. So God has laid down the way for us. He's given us the ethics that we need. He's given us the morals that we need. He's given us the plan of action that we need. And so all we need to do is is to do that and allow God to help us. We can't do this by ourselves. Like I told you earlier, we have the old carnal spirit, and if we try to do it ourselves, we'll go one step forward and two backward. We'll never make it. But if we'll just surrender ourselves to God and to his ways, his righteousness, his holiness, and let him be God in our lives, then we'll be amazed what happens, not just 10 years from now, but instantly. Things begin to change, and they keep changing. I have some things, I probably won't get through the whole list, but kind of in summarizing everything, I have written a uh, devotional for my paper here in town, and I'll go through some of these things to kind of help you as well. There is so much help if we're willing to take it. It isn't that it's not available. It's just that we'll have to change the way we're doing, have to change our attitudes on some things. And the first thing that I mentioned was the Luke 9, 23 to 27 scripture, uh, and that is we must be prepared to follow, to be discipled, uh, to be a disciple for the Lord, accept God's ways, and we need to do that first. And the second thing is, like I told you, and, and this is summarizing it, that we don't have carnal weapons. 
We don't use carnal weapons. We don't pick up our guns and go to shooting people and things like that. We don't cut their heads off like some would like to do to people they don't like. We don't do those kind of things. We go in the power of God's Holy Spirit. We go in love and grace and kindness. We even pray for our enemies and love our enemies. So uh, this battle is not fought with carnal weapons. And the scripture for that is in, uh, if I can see where I've got this written at, I've got quite a long thing here. It's Second Corinthians 10, 3 to 6. And here's the scripture. And remember I told you that the Bible is our operation manual, so we need to go to the operation manual. And it says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations uh, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And as I said, we don't revenge obedience, uh, disobedience by uh, cutting people up. We revenge by showing love. The Bible tells us that we should pour water upon those that are being hateful and mean to us. We'd be good to those that are being mean to us. Now, the next thing in this is that we we must be fully prepared to fight. We're in a battle and we have to be ready for it. So we need to be fully prepared to fight. I notice it's time for me. It looks like it's about time for me. Well, I've got two more minutes yet, so I'll try to take these two minutes and get through this. And so uh, we need to be prepared. Finally, may brethren be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against all the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we're, we're prepared. We put the armor on, and Jesus is the armor. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. So we put on the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a number of these. We need to humble ourselves before the Lord that he can lift us up. We we uh, have the, all the armor on so we can fight. And you can find that in Ephesians chapter 6. Go to chapter 6 and look at that. And uh, I think uh, we'll just kind of kind of uh, come to the end here and uh, thank you for being with us today and I trust that some of the things I've said will be helpful to you and you've been listening to Howard Eugene Rice your host for Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com we'll see you next week about this time about the same place thanks again for coming 